Welcome to Scale Your Business Radio with your hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. Welcome, Scale Your Business listeners. I'm David Finkel, joined here today by Jeff Hoffman. And Jeff, here we're going to be talking about professional practices and how to scale a professional services firm, whether you're a doctor or uh, uh, might be a physical therapy clinic or an engineering um, business or an accounting firm or a law firm. And we're talking about those things that specifically apply there. And I think, really, Jeff, I want to talk about three main areas here, I think, in the time that we have. The first would be this idea of hierarchies of, of expertise and how to manage your professional staff and your non-professional staff to that as you build this expert system, you're doing it in a way that really is smart with utilizing. So let's start there first. So you know, so many people, when you build a, a professional services firm, what happens is you, the owner, started off most likely as one of those providers. Maybe you're a chiropractor that was incredibly good as a chiropractor, or you were a, a lawyer and has started to scale her firm. And so you're really good as that expert. And what happens is, how do you scale the business so that the quality and consistency of the expert service that you provide, whether it be legal or accounting or financial services or medical, stays consistently high? And so we talked in the last segment about this idea of creating an expert system. I want to talk real briefly about this idea of pushing down the hierarchy of, of, of values. So what it means is, if you look at the different things that you do, to produce your service, half or more of it doesn't require an expert level of expertise. Maybe it requires an associate level of expertise or a semi-skilled level of expertise or even just an administrative or non-skilled level of expertise. For the law firm that says, hey, our admin staff can do scheduling and can do invoicing and says that our paralegals can do some of the basic legal research that we need and some of our associate attorneys can do some of the basic cookie-cutter law side, whereas the legal strategy and the high-value stuff like pairing in court to do the litigation might be a partner level or a, a, a very specialized senior partner or senior associate inside the firm and pushing that down. Um, you know, I look at these different places. You know, The medical practice, you, you had mentioned earlier in the show how a medical practice talked about practicing at the top of, of their license. Share that again here, if you would. Just to give the, the listeners for this segment a quick understanding of what you meant by practicing at the top of your license here in the medical world that would apply to any service business that's a professional services firm. Sure. So it, it, it's really the function of understanding which services, which skills you provide to the market that move the needle most. What are the most important, most valuable skills that your company provides. And we sort of draw those in a chart, right? So the example that I gave was if you are, in fact, a surgeon, then the most valuable skill or service you provide is every minute that you're in an operating room during surgery. So you start by putting that at the top of this pyramid, and that's practicing at the top of your license if you're a licensed surgeon. And then you start to step down that level. In order to perform a surgery, Somebody has to prep a surgery. In order to prep a surgery, somebody has to diagnose a patient. In order to diagnose a patient, we've got to schedule some patients and get them to come to us, you know, even for a checkup. So you sort of do this, this waterfall, this tree of all these things that you do, but you do them from the most valuable down to the least valuable. And you sort of need, we do that on a whiteboard. I think you sort of need to see that visual so that you can say, as we go up the chain, we got to make sure our best people are spending as much time as possible delivering the thing in the marketplace 
that distinguishes us and makes us money. Again, your version of doing a surgery. And as you go down the scale, you've got to find literally, you know, less less expensive employees with more limited training to do those tasks and get them off the plates of the people higher up in that pyramid. You know, and Jeff, one hidden leverage point in there is the more you as a professional services firm can standardize your service offering, whether it be a, a procedure that you can make where some other surgeon can be trained to do. Uh, what, you know, this what you're talking about sort of refers back to a little bit what we talked about earlier, which is until you can encapsulate and document processes and procedures, you've got to be able to hand those off. The ability to delegate any of, delegate any of those things is directly a function of how well you've captured that expertise and how well you've kind of cloned uh, the unique skill sets. Obviously, you can't directly do that with something like a surgeon in that example, but in any kind of consultative or, ser- consultative or service company, uh, your goal is to, is to, in effect, clone those best practices. And I guess that's probably the right word to use here, the operative word, is you're trying to find the best practices of your best people, and you're trying to find a way to share and train and deliver those to people down the food chain so that they can rise up the food chain by getting better and, and by getting closer in their delivery of the service uh, to the people that actually are the best practices. You know, Hearing you say that, what it also does is it lets me as a professional manage my professional and my non-professional staff so that I get a better utilization of everybody and I protect my margins. You know, rather than having my most expensive people doing things that are below their, below what they should be doing from a value creation standpoint, I can really make sure that I keep my, my profit margins, my gross profit, my operating profit margins high with that part by looking at utilization. I'll, I'll just ask one more piece in here, Jeff. This idea that as we grow our business, if it's a professional services firm, Sometimes cash flow becomes an issue because we grow so fast because how poorly we manage receivables or other parts with that. Any advice for professional services firms to help them improve the management of cash flow? Like I'll start off here, this idea of collections and invoicing. Boy, that's a challenge point. Any thoughts for a professional service firm to make sure they stay on top of the receivables so that their cash flow stays strong? Well, you know, very. I think that's a great question because it's a value equation that a lot of people don't do. The value equation you have to sit down and do. I literally had somebody once that was not chasing, uh, you know, aged receivables, right? There were people that weren't paying, and he wasn't really chasing them because he said, I have nobody here to do that. I'd have to hire somebody. And what he had never done was what, what I did was I walked over to the whiteboard, took a marker, say, what's the, what's the cost of hiring the person? Let's write that over here. What are, what, you know, what's the lag? What are, what are all the uncollected receivables out there? And I said, give me a success rate if this person that we hire costs this much and is pretty good, not even excellent, at collections, right? Because he didn't want to hire another person because they cost money. By the time we were done, even just doing a decent job of having somebody manage those receivables and literally on the phone trying to collect money that he didn't want to hire somebody to do, the person, you know, generated four times the amount that they cost him to have. But he never actually wrote that down and looked at it. And all he kept saying was, I can't afford to hire another person around here. And so some things just went uncollected or were very late until we did the math on the board of the cost of, of having somebody manage those receivables versus, versus what that would generate uh, against that cost. And it was pretty dramatic. You know, hearing you say that, one of the things I've noticed is that sometimes it's not even just about asking for payment. Sometimes it's actually further upstream and having the billing controls in place 
so that things that are billable work or billable materials actually get billed for, which oftentimes will go missed. I was talking with uh, Bonnie, who is one of our clients, and she's got a medical practice, and she found out when she looked at this closely, over 15% of the work that they were doing wasn't even getting billed for, wasn't even getting in the system for asking the patient and or the insurance company for payment. It was being missed. So it wasn't about not getting paid. It was about not even doing the invoicing correctly to ask for the payment about that part. So we're at the end of our hour here today. I want to encourage you, the listener, to go to scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. It's a great place for resources Jeff and I have created. They're literally... 8, 10, 12 hours of free video-based training to scale your business and get your life back. I think you're going to love that. also want to encourage you to get the book Scale. I think you'll really enjoy looking through the, the, the structured way Jeff and I share about scaling your business with that. So you're listening to Scale Your Business Radio. We're your co-hosts, David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman, and you're listening here to WSRadio.com. And remember, head to ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com and take a look at the free tools that are available there to grow your business and get your life back. We'll be right back with our next show.